0: Hi, and welcome to episode number 35 of Meet My Followers for September 22nd, 2010. I am your host, Kate Dworkin, and this is the podcast where I interview my actual Twitter followers. Today's guest is Jeff Moriarty, at JMoriarty. I would also like to thank this show's sponsor, Solvate. Are you a consultant or freelancer at the top of your field? Salvate is building the country's premier on-demand workforce join me and the other top independent professionals across industries and create your profile in the Solvate talent engine today just head over to Solvate.com. today's guest is one of those guys who I just look up to immensely because he's such a, a, a involved person inside of the internet community here in Phoenix his name is Jeff Moriarty Jeff thank you for coming on
1: Thanks for inviting me, kid.
0: Yeah, Jeff, you know, is one of these guys who as I look back at the back catalog and I look at all the people that I've had on, I'm like, yeah, I probably should have got Jeff on like episode 3, but I just didn't didn't work out, but you're willing to come on now. So, thank you again. But uh, why don't you tell the folks about uh some of who and who you are and what you do?
1: Who am I and what I do? Um, so I am a bit of a jack of all trades. I am endlessly amused by new and odd things that no one's done before. Um, and as a result, I do a range of things that makes no sense to really anyone and sometimes not even to myself. So I'm one of the um, founders of Ignate Phoenix and still very much involved in the running, although now it's a very big team that handles that. Mm-hmm. I'm one of the organizers for the local social media club. I run Improv Arizona, uh, which is a local prank and flash mob group. Um, I do some video podcasting. I help run the Phoenix Innovation Foundation, which supports local um, events around the valley. And I think those are probably the main ones that are legal.
0: So you're 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 a busy busy guy, obviously, then, because you know you're doing all this stuff plus. You know, there's, there's a few other things that I know that are in the mix. But uh, let's start off with uh, the Ignite Phoenix stuff, right? That's been a real big theme to the show about, you know, Ignite Phoenix presenters or, or organizers or volunteers have been on the show. So how did you get started in that, and why did you help bring that to Phoenix?
1: Wow. Um, I got involved in it because a coworker. I was at Intel for nine years. And when I was there, one of, the coworker, one of my co-workers worked out of Portland and worked on the Ignite Portland project. And had talked about it many times. And I was just starting to get involved in the local social media technology scene, whatever you want to call it here in the Valley. And I kept going to all these different groups who lamented that there was no one else doing anything exciting. It was just them and it was their group and they were leading the way. And it was bizarre to me. (laughs) <laughs> because Phoenix has a great local music scene and a great social media scene and a film scene, and there's a fashion scene, and there's an art scene, and there's so many different things going on. But there wasn't any way for them to come together. If one, if group A extended an invite to group B, well, group B didn't really want to do that. You know, they, they wanted group A to go to them, and so there was all this little territorial stuff. Mm-hmm. So I figured Ignite Phoenix might be a great neutral ground for people to come together, share their ideas, and not worry about any of the um, it didn't have a preconceived uh, standpoint or view or political, you know, position on it. Okay. So I got the information from the guy Josh Bancroft up in Dignay Portland. Mm-hmm. And Roger Williams and I put this together and basically begged and or threatened people to come and present. Okay. And said, "Hey, you know, come and do this, please. I'll stop bothering you, I completely promise. We didn't know if anyone was going to show up." It was all word of mouth. It was just the two of us in our spare time putting this together. We had 80 people show up, and it was a fantastic success. And one of the things I still struggle with with Ignite is trying to explain it to somebody who hasn't been. Yeah. It's, oh, I kind of get that. Yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Uh, It sounds interesting. But when you get there and you see it and the energy, it even took me by surprise that Ignite won. But by the time it was over, I was so relieved that it had worked. That nothing had gone wrong. I mean, we, we were so unprepared that on the first Ignite, the slides are timed every 15 seconds that advance for all the speakers. Mm-hmm. And we had somebody with a stopwatch doing it manually. <laughs> and every so often, he'd get caught up in the talk and forget to advance the slide. So it was kind of 15-ish <laughs> So there was all this stuff going on. By the time it's over, I want nothing but a beer. And somebody walking out grabs my hand and shakes it goes, "That was amazing." When is the next one? And I almost punched him. <laughs> I almost and it literally, it was just this reaction because I was just I couldn't even think of you were spent. A two. Yeah, let alone now we've got Ignite Eight coming up. Yeah, so. exactly.
0: Well, I, you've worked really, really hard, you know, both in front of and behind the scenes in order to help it grow from the 80 people who are at number one to the, you know, 800 plus seat venue that will be Ignite number eight coming up here very, very quickly. I mean, what are some of the things that you've done that, you know, you feel really are the reason why this growth has happened as quickly as it has? Because it's only been a couple of years since the first one initially happened.
1: Just over two years. Yeah. Um, and... That's a really interesting question because, personally, I think the things that have helped ignite, grow, and have made it successful are not the things most people look at. Okay. Um, specifically, I try to keep it not about anything. By this, I mean I get a lot of people who say, "Hey, you know, you should be inv- inviting investors. You should be." trying to change the world. You need to be having more calls to action. What are people able to you know, talk about at Ignite that's going to change the community and do something big? Mm-hmm. And for me, once you do that, once you pick a direction, you've eliminated all of the other directions. Okay. If I made Ignite about driving entrepreneurship, um, then we're not going to get people talking about weight loss or how their diet changed their life. We're not going to get people talking about giant robots yep. or Tyco drums. Okay. Ignite is very much a neutral territory where you come and talk about whatever you're passionate about, big or small. And Somebody might take something away from it, and maybe they don't. We've had a lot of big things that have come out of Ignite, but not because we plan it. I think the big things come out of Ignite because we don't plan it. Wow, that... I don't know if that made any sense at all. No,
0: it, it makes perfect sense because you know if you were to to do these directional silos, right, for any number of, of you know different ones, right, which makes sense given the community that we have here in Phoenix, um, it wouldn't be such an eclectic event that it is, right? Where anyone can present anything. I mean, you know, I look at just the people who have been on on this show, and I look at the topics that were discussed, and it's there's no th- theme or rhyme or reason to it, but each one of those presentations could stand on its own two feet. And as you've said in some of the intros to these, right, is, you know, be respectful of the speakers because they're up here and they're nervous as all hell. But at the end of the day, if you're not interested in the subject, it's only five minutes. Exactly. And I think that to me, that's one of the brilliant pieces to this is that, you know what, if anybody's passionate about it, you will listen to them for five minutes with respect. You may not agree with them, but you will listen to them with respect.
1: So, so let, me, let me ask you a question, sure. a question I don't get to ask very often mm-hmm. because we get a lot of people on, you know, they come up in Ignite. This is the usual process, right? Yep. Um, people get selected for Ignite, and they get their ideas together, and they're focused on getting their slides together, and they get out there, and they're nervous, and they get on stage. And all of us know the presenters because we've been looking at the topics. We've been seeing their emails go back and forth. But they're so focused, they maybe meet one or two of the people at Ignite. Now, you and I kind of know each other a little bit anyway outside of this. But they get up there, they run through the presentation, um, they come off stage, and usually they can't remember their talk, Mm -hmm. right? It's like it disappeared, and they're like, did I do good? And they have to go watch the video later because they want to see how they did. And then they immediately have new ideas and and so on. Mm -hmm. But I don't get really a chance to talk to them about the experience and the thoughts and and everything else. So what is your take on Ignite
0: uh, as as a, as, a, as both uh, you know a former attendee and then presenter, um, you know it's really funny because I do remember pretty much every beat in my talk, um, which I know is not the, the case for most people. You know, most people they get off stage and the relaxation phase happens and they just black out um, for typically the next five to ten minutes it seems. But yeah, no, I, I remember everything that happened. Um, I remember every missed breath I had. Because I had timed it out because I typically talk very, very quickly. And so I had timed out my individual breaths to try and create breaks. And you can see if you watch the video as carefully as I do where I run over those and therefore I'm literally running out of air. So, (laughs) you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, vocal training way back in the day taught me how to do that and, and see that. So, you know. For me, it it, it was an interesting experience for a number of reasons, right? I was expecting to actually get a much less of a response from the audience than I was in process, but then get a much higher response after the fact where people will reach out to me. I ended up getting a grand total of zero contacts after the talk regarding my idea, which is interesting, because my idea was about misusing things, and, and I thought that this was something that was fairly common, and you know what, hey, it could become a Flickr group, it could become just a random like blog whenever something came in. Did not receive a single email, did not receive a single follow-up after the night of. But it's been really interesting in the fact that that video uh, has been huge into creating credibility for me in other areas. Um, and so that's that for me has been the real unexpected upside to being a speaker at Ignite was the fact that I can always point to this video clip, this five minute video clip, five minute and 38 seconds, including the, the intro that you guys threw on the final polished version uh, <laughs> as uh, as something that I've done and done successfully and can speak to off topic topics and think on my feet and do so in a timely way. So, that, that to me has always been the, the upside to, to Ignite since I presented just over a year ago, or just about a year ago. So,
1: you had 282 views on your video as of right now. And I think one of the interesting things for me is, and I think one of the areas that people struggle with our no points, you know, we're not trying to accomplish anything, so there's no point to it sort of approach, is that you don't always see the, the impact. Pam Slim, who is, um, you know, she's spoken twice at Ignite and is a pretty well-known and, and published author. Mm-hmm. Um, her first talk on the upside of fear went up on, she was at Ignite 3, and it went up on the the YouTube channel and so on. And about six to nine months later, she gets a call from a group in Colorado that wanted to hire her to come up and speak. And it was because they saw her video about that on a, on the YouTube channel on for Ignite Phoenix and contacted her for a speaking engagement because they were so inspired by what she was talking about. So go ahead.
0: Those opportunities. I mean, it just seems so great that it's happened with so many different presenters, right? I mean, be it one way or another, you are rewarded, you know, kind of generally for being willing to step up and talk about what you're passionate about. And that's something that I just got to applaud you for creating the platform for people.
1: Well, thank you. And, but, so two things I want to say to that, and, 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 and well, three counting the thank you. Sure. So the, the, <laughs> the second one is um, everybody gets something different from it. And I think it's absolutely okay for someone to get up there and give the talk about something they are passionate about just because they are terrified of public speaking. <laughs> I mean this is widely reported as people's number one fear even more than death. Yep. Getting up in front of people. And I tell people, you are not going to find a friendlier, more supportive audience than the Ignite Phoenix audience. Totally true. But so somebody who gets up there and talk and shares something and they've just they're able to check that off their list. They've pushed their own boundaries, that to me is worth something. Hmm. It doesn't have to change the face of commerce in the state of Arizona for that to be successful. Sure. Some people want more, some people do more. Um, you know, my, one of my other favorite ex- examples is um, Echo Coffee uh, here in Scottsdale, yep. and and the owner Steve Bell kind of got this idea going for a coffee shop watching uh, Austin Baker's talk on Secrets to Successful Coffee Shop at Ignite One, and it would just this was like two years ago, and it just kind of floated in the ether, and suddenly this guy is opening a coffee shop, and he goes, yeah, kind of traced back to that whole talk at Ignite One, and you can't plan that kind of stuff, so he gets a lot out of it. Someone else maybe just gets some self-confidence sure sure um,
0: i mean let, let, let's you know kind of move this just slightly forward because sure. you know that that uh that thought of doing it just to do it right and just that expectation of doing it for yourself in a lot of respects but at the same time possibly you know en- enriching the lives of others i think that's almost directly in line with some of the things that, that probably i would guess the sentiment behind why improv az has kind of fostered the the community that it has around it what are your Girl. thoughts on that? I mean,
1: <laughs> wow. well, my reasons behind Improv AZ, which is our local kind of prank and flash mob group, uh, was twofold. One, I, I like the Valley, I, I, I care about it a lot. Yeah. It has some great aspects and it has some things that struggle. And one of them is I don't think the Valley has a personality. We have too many people who come from too many places and we really haven't fully gelled yet. Austin has a personality, Portland, personality, Miami, personality, Chicago, and on and on and on. We have a reputation. We've got Joe Arpaio and Cactus and now SB 1070, yay us. <laughs> right? yeah. So I want to do something that says you know, it's okay for the weird and unexpected and so on to happen here. You can have a personality in this valley and nobody's going to die. Um, And the other side of it is I do like pushing my own boundaries and creating a platform for people to do do the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Try different and unusual things and and see. You know, most of us, and this is myself included, right? This is sort of human nature. The biggest limits imposed on ourselves are the limits we place on ourselves. Yep. It's not laws and it's not our job and it's not, you know, expectations of other people. It's where we decide we can push our own boundaries and what our boundaries are and unless you actually go and poke at those edges and see how far they go you don't know what you can do uh,
0: that's just it, it's great to hear that from someone right because you know it is true right we all definitely put up our own self boundaries and that's something that is um you know it, it's something that we need people like yourself and, and, you know, to just give us that little nudge and show us that it is possible to really go far beyond our own limitations. And, and so I, I totally agree with that. And, and as I have been previously, I'm incredibly supportive of what you're doing. Um, but, uh, you know, talk to me a little bit about some of the other things, right? I mean, PIF is, is kind of becoming the housing for some of the bigger things that you're doing here, and that's the Phoenix Innovation Foundation. Um, talk to me about the decision to to start to build that up as its own, charitable entity
1: well we kind of fell back backwards into that although 99 percent of my life at the moment is falling back asswards into something i didn't expect sure uh, i mean even in probably we just did no pants ride for giggles and suddenly i've got a full fledged fledged prank group on my hands <laughs> so when ignite was 80 people in a conference room that was free given to us by jobbing.com no big deal it was time yep that was time would be the only investment when we're 600 people at the Phoenix Art Museum and we have to take out um, uh, $2 million insurance policies on major artwork and sign contracts with liquor vendors and work with box office for receipts and income, I no longer want that on my personal um, bank statement. Sure. I don't want the personal responsibility for some you know, piece of art hanging in the art museum. <laughs> yeah. We needed a corporate entity for it. So we talked about incorporating Ignite, which is what a lot of the other Ignites have done. They just make a corporate shell and that runs the event. Mm-hmm. But a lot of other great local events like PodCamp Arizona and um, uh, some of the, the local uh, bar camps had the same problem, right? They, they got big. They were doing well. And they didn't want to be making all these reservations on their own names either. Mm-hmm. So what we did is made similar to the way we made ignite as sort of a generic kind of neutral ground we didn't want to incorporate ignite phoenix we incorporated a different name the innovation foundation mm-hmm. and we're in the process of and here's anyone wants a good time go back and forth with the federal government about 501c3 nonprofit classification holy hell <laughs> what a pain in the damned ass
0: yeah well, dude i i can't i i can't believe the amount of Paperwork and back and forth. There has appeared to have been, and I'm not involved, and I'm hearing about it.
1: Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. But the point, I mean, so it, it, it's an Arizona nonprofit, mm-hmm. um, and we're you know fully functional right now. We're uh, just trying to get that full classification so we can take give people the tax write offs and so on for their donations. Mm-hmm. But we act as the operations arm for these events. So if somebody wants to do when we started Ignite. We had no one to help us out. We had to figure all this stuff out, talk to venues, do all this on our own. You know, we want to have a list of venues and vendors and information, and we get an um, insurance policy that covers multiple events throughout the year. So if you, we get a bulk discount, basically. So if you've got an event that you want to do, we can help you with the financing. We can do the PayPal for it. Uh, we take care of all of that. We sign the agreements and so on on behalf of the Innovation Foundation. Mm-hmm. Right? We give you the corporate coverage. Uh, and then you get discounts and stuff like the insurance policy. And it really it takes a lot of the operations off so people with cool ideas can make those cool ideas happen.
0: That's just so smart. I mean, it, just, it, it, it reduces the barriers to entry for people who are willing to try and create an event to do so. And that just enables them to do just great things. And, and and I think it'll begin to help the Valley get the personality that you are kind of seeking. So congratulations on that. But Well, uh, oh, thank you. Uh, absolutely, dude. Um, one of the things I love to close out the show with, though, is the question of who are you following on Twitter that you really enjoy their content for whatever reason?
1: You know, one of the people that I really, really enjoy following is uh, Terry Simpson. Um, he 's a local doctor and uh he 's a doctor he 's a skeptic uh he 's a new father he 's a uh, uh, well not recent but he 's a transplant from alaska um and he is absolutely fantastic to follow uh consistently okay he will range from goofy jokes which i appreciate to uh medical advice to just general witticisms to every so often he gets into a, uh, a fight with somebody about some religious topic and it's always entertaining. Hmm. Very interesting. Let's see who else. I'm a big fan of, uh, and this is a little bit more mainstream, Roger Ebert. Uh, Ebert Chicago is his Twitter Mm -hmm. account. And, you know, Roger had um, cancer and had most of his jaw removed and can no longer um, speak and can no longer eat. Um, he's, you know gets all of his food through um, tubes and all kinds of stuff. And he's turned, because he lost his former communication methods, to social channels. His blog is amazing. Some of the most well-thought-out, consistently good quality content. Even if you're not necessarily fans of movies. Mm-hmm. He's turned to social commentary, social discussions. Absolutely incredible. Uh,
0: Could not agree more. I mean, he's one of those guys who took a a, a huge disadvantage and made it a, an absolute just kind of transitional point for his career and, and did so beautifully. So I, I completely agree with you on, on his content and his feed because I just think that he's – on top of that, I think that he's a genuinely good dude. And I've never met the guy, but I just get that vibe about him.
1: Let me give uh, maybe a shout-out to a couple people that um, I just sort of know personally but I think are, are fantastic. Nathan Bowers, N-A-T-H-A-N-B-O-W-E-R-S, um, user interface guy out of um, California. I've met him at South by Southwest two years ago, mm-hmm. and sometimes he'll talk about user interface stuff. Sometimes he'll talk about random, just but whatever he talks about, it's always interesting in some way, shape, or form. I uh, don't always agree with him, but love his opinions. And Charlie Todd, um, somebody who doesn't um, talk, I think, or tweet as much as I wish he would, but he's the founder of Improv Everywhere, okay, which is the national prank group that we model some of our Improv AZ stuff after. Um, and he's really taken that sort of improv approach to life and brought it to other things. He gets a lot of speaking engagements based off of his improv work. And uh, like I say, he doesn't talk as much as I wish he would, but when he does, it's usually very interesting.
0: Wow. Well, I mean, you know. Jeff, thank you so much for for shining the light on those folks. Um, And and thank you again for coming on the show. I mean, obviously, we only touched on about half of the things that you're even, I would say, marqueed involved in. I I guess we might have to have you back on the show here at some point to uh, talk about some of the other things like uh, Social Media Club Phoenix and and all the other kind of events that you're a part of. Uh, It's just been great, though, and thank you for helping me out on such short notice.
1: Oh, absolute pleasure. I'd love to be back anytime you can work me in. Well, that pretty much
0: finishes up this episode of Meet My Followers. I hope that you enjoyed getting the chance to hang out with Jeff for just a little bit. Um, He's one of the great guys in the Phoenix Internet community and one of the guys who inspires me to do things like this show. So uh, please follow him on Twitter. That's at Jay Moriarty. Check out all the things that he's involved in, though. That's uh, uh, IgnitePhoenix.com, InnovatePhoenix.org, um, and uh, a handful of others. I'm sure they're all over on his personal website over at Moriarty's.net. Um, as always, anything mentioned in the show is in the show notes over at Meet My Followers. I hope that you enjoyed this episode, though, and that I will see you back tomorrow. Either way, though, have a great day.